had a few people come on. They were talking about how Bigfoot has some correlation with UFOs. And then my own boxes kicked in saying, well, that can't be right. No, I'm trying to, I'm trying to fit it in the box. I had to check myself a few times saying, why, why am I doing that? Right. I'm doing exactly what I hate, what other people are doing. So it's, it's a human, it's a human thing, but it's constantly checking ourselves. Yeah. Well, look, after 32 years myself, looking into this phenomenon since I was a child, you know, reading and and watching everything I could and, you know, and, and trying to find out, talking to as many people as I could, even I went to a Catholic school and I used to ask my brothers, the brothers that used to teach me, you know, really strict older brothers and they used to kick me out of the classroom to the end of the lesson because I'd ask what are these things you know if we're the center of God's creation what's the UFO that visited me and my brothers when I was younger what's is that God or is that Satan or is that another creation or whatever and the, I remember in religion class that my brother Benedict his name was he could never answer me and he always used to get angry every time I'd ask and I, I'm a bit of a shit stirrer so I'd ask a few times so and get kicked out of class I have to go sit outside the principal's office to the end of the lesson and then so I'm sitting out there and the principal's like being notified that I'm there and it, he was fine he was just a normal teacher right so he was not a brother he wasn't strict Catholic or anything like that so he was a lot less um you know uh, confronting you just say go to lunch or go and sit in, sit in in the oval or something for the rest of the lesson or whatever you know and i'm like oh, yeah cool man no worries and i'd get out of class but that, that just yeah the attitude of people and the whole and it's not just um people who don't accept the phenomena it's people who um uh, are in the field as well um like you're saying before there's people who just rip each other apart um, everyone wants to be the one who comes out with the answer, who who gets the best footage, who gets you know this, uh, who who's the 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 go-to person. You know what I mean? And I, I can't stand that attitude. That's ego-driven. That's just yeah, like you're saying it's human nature. Um, and everyone, everyone, yeah. a lot of people, most people are like that to an extent. You know, even when I was young, I, when I was if you'd asked me 30 years ago what this phenomenon is, I would have said straight away, oh, it's aliens from Mars. You know, like a lot of people would think straight away if they don't know anything or much about it. But the more I've looked into it over the years, the more I've realized that the more you look into it, the less you actually know in this phenomenon. And that's strange because it's the only thing, like if you're into carpentry or, or whatever, the more that you learn and the more you do the work, the better you become and the more knowledgeable you, you become about what you're doing but in this phenomenon the more you learn in a way the less knowledgeable you come you become um there are points characteristics um with the phenomenon that you can piece together and say okay well these certain these there's certain types of craft we know that there's certain types of balls of light there's cigar shape there's this and that now once you see them and film them a few times um you, you notice certain characteristics and traits um that they do um, that are different to each other. And so they all have like the speed thing and they all have the, the ability to sort of disappear at will or take off and, um, you know, at the drop of a hat, do a 90 degree left-hand turn with no forward inertia whatsoever. And, um, you know, so they all have the ability to do that and, and some miraculous, amazing things. It's almost, it's more like magic than it is, you know, anything else. And, 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 yeah. Um, there is correlations um, between paranormal phenomenon here on earth and what's going on in the skies around us. Um, a medium said to me a, a couple of years ago uh, that uh, a well-known medium said that spirits fill the skies around us. 
And that made me think because I've had myself paranormal strange experiences since I was young as well, um, as well as the UFO stuff as well, like with friends, with um, witnesses, uh, family have seen it with me since I was young, um, you know, and, 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 and the other half of the family who haven't seen it probably think I'm crazy and don't talk to me or whatever, or just talk to me once every blue moon and, you know, we'll just, we'll, um, humor the crazy guy or whatever, you know? And, um, Hey, there's a few of us in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I, few, I'd rather yeah. be crazy and a free thinker than one of the sheeple out there that, you know, just take everything that the media says as, you know, gospel or take everything that everyone says or, you know, I, I like to think outside the box and I always have done. And it's, I think, the best way and the only way to look at this phenomenon, you can't look at it just with, um, you know, spectacles, with rose-coloured spectacles on saying, okay, yeah, well, it's this and they come from Venus or whatever the case is because it's a lot stranger than that. The, the high strangeness factor involved in, in ufology is very, very unusual and it's prolific and, and it stretches throughout every country. So it's not just something that's happening in one area of the world. It's the same type of phenomena, the same strangeness that's happening in different. So there's like characteristics like that that you can put together and say, okay, yeah, the phenomenon just tends to do this. It can affect memory cards. You know, it can affect batteries on cameras. Um, and it's that seemingly knows when you're filming it sometimes, which is highly strange. You know, um, it, it, it seems to be some sort of human ufo almost like a psychic interaction kind of thing even if you they're not talking to you like literally in the sense like hey damien look up at the sky or anything there's some sort of feeling there's like a best way to describe it it's like a feeling of being watched like if some you're in a supermarket and you get this unusual feeling and you like you turn around and there's someone behind you like staring straight through you kind of thing and you're like okay that's a bit creepy it's kind of like that but um, a little bit less intense, but it's there. But it's not the same. It's strange. So there is some, and um, they tend to know when you're filming. They tend to take off at certain times. Some are shy. They se they seem to be shy when other ones will allow you to film them. Um, but it seems like they don't want you to get the best quality footage. And that's why there's not like the, the most incredible footage out there, which has convinced every human being on earth, because it seems to not exist for a reason. And I think that reason right. is possibly because they know we're not ready for it yet or, you know, we're a violent species, right? We always have been. Um, part of my theory in this uh, topic in, in, in the situation of ufology is that we're possibly, and this is due to like experience, sightings, videos, um, you know, and with witnesses as well, uh, that we're possibly being observed um, or obviously being observed, but almost in a way like a scientist would observe, you know, a bacteria in a Petri dish that he's invented or something like that. It's like they're keeping an eye on their creation and doing it in certain ways, almost like in the interdimensional way that they can jump in, check us out every now and then, jump back out. I don't think it's as simple as aliens coming from another planet and constantly going backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. Um, I'm, I mean, I've seen them um, with witnesses and got them on video diving into the water at high speeds without affecting the water. I've, I've seen them close up. I've actually had one at a place called Tipperary in New South Wales here, and it flew over my shoulder. The, uh, the tri-field meter at the time was going absolutely bonkers. And this is what happens in the UFO field, uh, sorry, in the ghost field as well. Um, when ghosts are around, tri they, they seem to affect the Earth's natural magnetic field, uh, both the phenomenon. 
Um, so that's another. And then you've got the infrared factor, the ultraviolet okay. factor, whereas occasionally you can see, um, you know, during the daytime or nighttime, an object in the sky with a night vision monocular or whatever that you can't see with the naked eye. Um, similar kind of thing with the ghost phenomenon too. Occasionally you can see them, um, but it's not all the time either. So that when you, you start to think that you, you're getting close to an answer or it's this or it's that, then some, it throws like a curveball in the mix and then it's like, okay, well, then it sort of puts you back on your ass, so to speak, and you're like, okay, well, back back to the drawing board again. And so, But it, you still you build up a – there is some knowledge you can build up with the UFO field. And, and also, like, uh, we know they come in waves um they, they're not here every single day obviously we know that certain areas are major hot spots all around the world in compared to other areas like like if they were appearing like over just say new york city every day right and that was a hot spot then they they would be you know there'd be so much footage of them everyone with mobile phones like million people pointing their phones up at the sky at this hot spot area but these the hot spot areas seem to be in country areas or uh, locations that are far away or not easily accessible, or at least that's as far as I know here in Australia. Um, we are, the two of the areas here, like in Dunedoo, which is a major hotspot, there's been activity here going back many, many years. Um, and also Tipperary, um, and this is like, we're about five and a half, six hours drive from Sydney from the CBD. So it's a bit of a, you know, we're out in the sort of sticks here as far as it goes. Are you close to the ocean? No, nowhere near the ocean, no. actually. Yeah, Sydney any, is any much closer. Any lakes or anything around that? Uh, we do have a, a small uh, river that runs on the other side of town through my uncle's property, uh, but it's only a small river. It's not like anything major. But we've seen a UFO over it doing something to the water underneath it, which was really strange. Um, and it seemed to be swirling the water underneath it, and the water seemed to be coming up a bit, but it wasn't going all the way up to the the, the object or the craft or whatever you'd like to call it. It was really unusual. Um, we got that on film, and I'll be releasing that in Haunted Skies as well. Um, you know, so there's a whole a whole bunch of factors. Like they seem to live in the water, or cruise around, or hide in the water. Um, also, melt into the earth without having any effect whatsoever. Just dive into the earth. Um, this one night at Tipperary, this other hot spot, um, we had a, a couple of people with us, and an author, an investigator into the into the phenomenon as well, was with me, and he's just next to me, and, and one of the other gentlemen had just walked off to the van to grab something, and and I've just um, reached down, and I had my camera set up on the valley behind us because it's a small valley, it's about a kilometre long, and you know maybe half a kilometre wide deep with uh, pine trees and, you know, all the way as far as the eye can see up to the next ridge. And that's all it is. But there's something about this little area where there's lights that, that come from up high and fly into the ground at high speeds and disappear. They melt into the ground. Now, I caught one night, uh, 13 of them. I didn't, we didn't even notice till the next morning. The tri-field meter was going crazy and you can hear it in the video. And, you know, and a couple of my mates are going, oh, yeah, um, the, the meter's going crazy. And we had our backs turned to the valley at the time because we're looking at the meter going, yeah, what's well, that's pretty strange. And um, but I had a camera filming. So the next morning we've looked at the footage and sure enough, we've caught 13 of these lights flying into the ground, coming up from up high, changing direction 
and flying into the ground at high speeds. One even appearing horizontally over the mountain range, just appearing like out of another dimension, horizontally. Uh, so not like a meteor coming down. It, this was... So they're not all consistently going the same no, way. No, no, no. Like, well, they, they came down, changed, some of them changed direction two or three times and would go off this way or this way. And But most of them went into the valley directly behind us. No sound, no anything. You'd think if it was a meteorite, you'd at least hear a rock crash through a bunch of trees, right? Um, you, you'd, even a small meteorite, right? But nothing, no sound whatsoever. It's such a small area too. We'd, we'd know, you know. Um, but the funny thing was, <clears throat> excuse me, this area has where, where we we saw the uh, UFOs on the video go into the ground, the into the pine tree area. The tops over the next two months or so, all of those areas, the pine trees had died on the top of the trees. So there was ones dotted around. So you got all this green treetops, and 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 then all of a sudden you've got these half green trees with brown dead leaves on the top and it was it's just a bizarre thing and that same night mike and myself witnessed one of these same lights and it would have been about maybe six to eight feet long it's hard to tell because it went into the ground pretty fast um but I, i was picking up my camera from the ground and as this thing has flown directly down and melted straight into the ground literally about four inches away from my hand and Mike and myself jumped. I, I literally, I could have just put my hand out like that and touched this thing. And it went right down my shoulder into the ground and melted, disappeared. I jumped probably 10 feet. Mike jumped and said, what the hell was that? You know, because it's, what else can you say? Like, what was that? That was just bizarre. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of people talk about having UFO experiences up close but this is the closest I've ever come to them. I've had them maybe 10 feet away um, at one stage, about, you know, 15 feet above my head. I've had ones come down here in the backyard and hover above myself and my dog, um, you know, and, and just strange things like that. And, but, uh, and the one when I was young, um, when I was nine, it followed me. It was mimicking my movements as well. Watching Australian skies, like you've been plagued with this since you were a kid. <laughs> yeah, it's a good way of putting it like yeah it is in a way yeah it is man because it's a lot of people wish to see these things but I, I always say be careful what you wish for because it's not as pleasant and as lovely as what people think people think it's love and light especially a lot of the new ages who've come into the ufology field over the years they think oh they're here to help us they're here to help humanity along and you know like save us and all this sort of stuff and but the thing is that they're not there, there, there's something deeper darker and more mysterious going on here and um and i can attune to that myself personally because just over a year ago i was actually made sick from a ufo from a close-up encounter um and it sent like a a light like a straight weird light at me oh, wow. and i put my arm up to cover my my face i had a jacket on it was a cold night i was working out in the garage you know working on a video um for, for a documentary at the time and um so i was on the computer and just went outside with, with the dog happened to look up and then above the tree this white with a purple peripheral look to it this ball of lights just appeared out of nowhere and my dogs my dog would normally bark at these things but the rough just sort of sat there and stared at it. Like a couple of times I'd seen like in a tripped out zone staring at these UFOs, but other times when they were further away, like he'd bark, you know, it was, it was like it was affecting him, you know? And, um, 
But anyway, this thing I'm watching it, the whole thing happened in about maybe five to six seconds. So it was a really quick sighting. And but it's given off this light that was really intensely bright and it's it didn't hurt my eyes, but it did in a way, like it made my eyes feel warm. And so I've gone like this um, and didn't think much of it. The thing's disappeared. It's blinked out, right? The next morning I've woken up and my my girlfriend at the time, she was like, like she's she's um seen me and she's gone, What's wrong? What are you feeling all right? And I said, No, nah, not really. And I've gotten up out of bed. And sure enough, like I've looked at myself in the mirror, my whole face was white with a reddish tinge. Like I've never seen been that white. And I'm pretty pale, right? But um, I was so white and sickly looking. I had bags under my right. eyes. Um, my hair at the front had slightly changed to grayish, like a grayish color. My eyelashes were partly burnt, like at the tips. Um, my eyebrows had changed to a slight reddish color and they're brown. Like I'm part Italian, right? So I've got the, not the red hair kind of thing happening, but now like I do. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was really bizarre. So, and it, it I thought that was it, right? I thought, and I had a bit of like conjunctivitis in my eyes. My eyes were stinging really bad. And I was like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get over it in a couple of days. But within like a day or two, my left arm started to sort of itch, right? And um, I was like, oh, I didn't think much of it. I scratched it a little bit and the itch would go away. And I'd, I'd forget about it for a day or so. Anyway, I jumped in the shower one evening and um, a couple of days afterwards and and then I'd noticed like a, a red mark all the way down my arm. And I've got a tattoo on my arm that I got when I was 18, right? Of like a white tiger. And, you know, when you're young and stupid and <laughs> you got, I got the tattoo, and, you know, and I thought, you know, it's a cool thing. The to first do. one you see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, I love white tigers. I've got like a connection with them. So I was like, yeah, I'll get a white tiger, you know. And I did some martial arts when I was younger. So I thought, oh, they sort of go hand in hand. So I've got like a little Chinese symbol and sounds corny as hell, you know. And But, you know, when you're a kid, you do corny things anyway so like um this thing has um over a period of about three days it started to raise up on my arm forming a blister right across the tattoo and oh the back of my arm right where i had my arm up covering my face and uh, now the weird thing it was the strangest part was that um the blister was this greenish yellow blister which i'd never seen before my doctor had never seen before um I started getting, it started getting really big and big and big. And then um, I started having seizures um, three days after this, the initial sighting, right? And this is when this started. And I had a seizure um, right in front of my partner and her father fell on my back, broke my back in three places. And so I've had a broken back the past year and um, it hasn't healed properly because of the type of compression fracture that it is. But what they found, and it took seven months and thousands and thousands of dollars in you know hospital fees uh, specialist fees and we even saw a professor pro, uh, professor bruce g robinson at uh the collings institute at the sydney university and you know and it was he was supposed to be the you know the, the go-to man he won a, a medal an award of australia medal just that very year on australia day so i thought yeah and getting the best help you know here so didn't mind paying you know the money and but what happened was the um what they found is that they did bone density scans on me they found that my bones were like worse than that of a 90 year old person with osteoporosis and they then found that 
well, it was at first it was a possibility. Then they said it was yes. And then everything went weird. The professor went weird. Um, you know, right in front of my partner and I, it was really strange when we went back again. Um, but the thing was, um, he asked me if I'd been exposed to, to any radiation. Now, when I said, yeah, possibly, and he asked me what type. And I said, well, because we don't really know what type, but they do give off a type of radiation, right? So it's either a gamma radiation, some type of ionizing radiation, there's electromagnetic fields that they sort of seem to give off. And I said, uh, um, possibly electromagnetic radiation to him. When I should have said um, ionizing or gamma but that would have made him think, well, why are you exposed to ionizing radiation or gamma radiation that's in space? That's not possible, you know? So, but I didn't want to mention the UFOs. But he said, no, um, the electromagnetic radiation shouldn't do that. It shouldn't have melted your arm like that. Yeah. It shouldn't have given you the seizures. It shouldn't have made your bones that brittle and all that sort of thing. They found out that I've got a um, rare bone disease called HO, which is hypophosphatemic osteomalacia. I know it's a big, long, long thing. I had to learn it over the past year because I got told it enough. It's a hell of a word, it, yeah. It is, man. I'm surprised <laughs> I can say it all in one go. But, yeah, but um, and then so yeah, and then I've got I've, I found out I had this rare, and guess what? It's caused by exposure to radiation. So there we have oh. evidence, physical proof of what happened to me. Not just photos that I took daily after the event and and the very morning after this UFO where I look like absolute hell, you know, and my eyes, man, were like redder than uh, like the devil kind of thing. I was, you know, I looked evil. I looked really, really sick. Everyone was yeah. saying that to me. For something to happen so fast. So quick, yeah, yeah, really quickly, man, really quickly. And that really changed my, that seven months of finding and, and going through all this pain, um, trying to find out what's wrong with me, not getting the attention that I, that I needed. Cause at first they thought it was a, a very hardcore case of osteoporosis. Um, and they, what, what happens with these bone density scans is they can only give you one every two years because of the amount of radiation. Um, it's like 80 x-rays per one of these things, right? The amount of radiation. Yeah. So they can only do it once every two years. So they, um, all he could really do for me was say, okay, because um, they tested my blood and apparently I was down in all these vitamins, iron was gone, everything, vitamin D, vitamins, all these different vitamins were, were disappeared out of my What's body. What's your diet like usually, Damien? Fine, fine. I always eat really well. You know, I go outside and get a bit of exercise and stuff like that. I used to right. do the weights and that, so I'd eat quite well. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, when this thing started kicking in and I started getting crook, one of the specialists who was looking at the x-ray of my back actually said that it's a pre-existing fracture or pre-existing fractures, um, uh, compression fractures. So meaning they were there before the incident with this UFO. So it's a possible buildup of years of these things coming close to me that have actually made me crook and have affected my bones so i can only think of maybe four or five times when they've come close enough including that time at tipperary when it went past my arm um yeah and that time above the tree um where they've actually done something or come that close where they could affect me like that you know and i did feel a warmth i did feel some sort of strange warmth pass right through my body now one of the strange things too is I think about a week after I started getting sick from this, um, 
right just inside the door in my office, I had a um, like a table and on the table was like some DVDs, right? And, um, and Blu-rays. And um, so, and they were just sort of sitting there and, and with a few other things. And I opened, I happened to open one up and sure enough, the disc inside the actual case is melted. Oh. In the top three of, of them, but melted in this really strange kind of way, not as in like melted with a torch or, you know, like a blowtorch or anything, melted like it was crumpled and some exterior strange heat source melted it. But get this, the outside cover completely unaffected. So the outside softer plastic was completely unaffected while the harder disc inside was completely melted in this really strange way where it was actually bent upwards inside the thing and you could it was all crumbled and really strange looking and Weird. yeah and so the same thing with my jacket right um i had a jacket on that night um and then the next morning you know when that's happened and then all of a sudden somehow this thing has burnt my arm that i was holding up to my face to protect my eyes it burnt me through my jacket. Now, I don't know of any type of heat source that can do that without affecting the the outside clothing um, and affect your skin. Same as with the DVDs. I had no idea what could cause that. So yeah. I've got I got photos. I've got video evidence of it daily. I, I took it. I ended up finding about seven, seven or eight of these DVDs on that table that were melted inside the cover and not, not one of the covers had any bit of damage on it no warping no nothing but the discs inside were melted in some strange kind of way it's really i've still got the discs they're really it's really bizarre it's was really it strange. the fast and furious collection because i could see why they would do that too <laughs> yeah, that yeah, collection. it probably was yeah they didn't like vin diesel that much it's like it's enough it's enough yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah there's too many there's too many stop it <laughs> you can't be that yeah. fast that furious for that long yeah, <laughs> not eight times, no. No. <laughs> well, at this point, are they going into space? Like, I don't yeah. even know what it's about anymore. The Elon Musk, Fast and the Furious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. On Mars, right? <laughs> With the rocket, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's another place in, in Australia, the, the Wycliffe Well. How close is that to your to your? That's location? a couple of states away, actually. That's um. Oh, is that yeah, okay? Yeah, that's up in, I think, far north. Queensland um, or Northern Territory, I believe that is. Um, but my mate Mike, who's a um, the uh, an author, actually went up there years ago and 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 interviewed all the original witnesses to the sightings. Um, and some of them have passed away now. Um, but the there was a service station there, and the service station attendant who'd worked there for years and owned the place, he actually had um, a UFO come down and siphon petrol out of empty the entire petrol station of petrol somehow so yeah and um it really that was a really strange case so these flat these flaps you know they um they they, they are really bizarre and they come and go in certain areas and they might come back again in you know eight ten years in the same area but it's not a constant frequent thing like every day or every week or something like that um it may be two or three days in a row uh, and then it might stop for about a month or two, and then you might have a day of, of UFO sighting or something. But yeah, there's there are certain places where it does 
tend to frequent more often. And these these places that I've noted, especially in Australia and talking to UAP researchers overseas, there's certain elements in the ground which are not found elsewhere, which is which are really strange. Like um, in a, a place, a, a friend of mine um, who's a well-known investigator, Alison, um, over in, um, uh, where is she? Is it Wisconsin or somewhere like that? Anyway, she had a, a flap of sightings years ago, and um, Alison Cruz, her name is, and um, lovely lady, and um, she had, and this area was had all old mines in it, like like um, quartz crystal, wurtzite crystal, um, iron ore, uh, all this kind of stuff in this one particular area, and they were getting these strange light phenomenon, UFOs hanging above the mountain, uh, above the mine shafts, uh, you know, this kind of stuff. Now. We've noted in this area here in Dunedoo where we've seen heaps of these these light phenomena. Um, the area is really, really rich in iron stone, which is similar to iron ore, um, and it goes down kilometres down into the ground. And also, this whole area has one of the biggest quartz crystal veins running through it in New South Wales. So that's got to make you wonder, okay, is there... There's another area in Western Australia here near Esperance, and um, that is a very similar area. Quartz crystal veins like here, and also ironstone that runs down kilometres into the ground. So, And they have uh, strange light phenomena there. Like in town here, we have storms that come right to the edge of town and just stop there. They don't come any further. That then they'll skirt around the town. And it's just really, really bizarre. Same as this place in Esperance. The lightning will stop on the one area where it, where all this quartz crystal is, and not go any further, and keep striking on that spot. So, I mean, some of this could be some type of natural earth phenomenon, natural earth light that we're dealing with. But the problem with that hypothesis is that it may it, it does seem to show a type of intelligence. It does seem to show some, at least an awareness of you, of its surroundings, um, the way it, it, it takes off, you know, if um, there's witnesses that come and see it or whatever. And you'd hardly think, especially like if it's a type of plasma or natural earth kind of light, like a ball lightning or something, normally with ball lightning, um, when it's been reported, it's highly rare, but it only lasts a very short amount of time, you know, because it's very short amount of time, right? But they, they do some really strange things. <clears throat> now, <clears throat> excuse me, I believe I've photographed a couple of ball lightning, but it's hard to tell, like around storms, but it's hard to tell um, if it's actually ball lightning or if it's a spherical white UFO, which is what, you know, they look exactly the same and the characteristics are very similar and how they act and whatnot. But in laboratory, <clears throat> excuse me, um, in laboratory, uh, tests right they can make plasma but only in an encased environment right a very secure environment and only for a very short amount of time even in that encased environment so they can't keep the plasma alive especially outside of that secure environment and it's only small what they can do so whatever these things are it's highly unlikely that it's a plasma type of thing because plasma would not unless it had some sort of shield or protection around it plasma um, would deteriorate rather rapidly in an oxygen rich environment um, it would just disappear and so i don't think it's that i think it's something else something possibly natural i call it paranatural so like paranormal 
cross with natural, you know, um, just a, a weird term I sort of came up with, but um, because it may be natural, you know, it may be, I, I think this phenomenon has been here before humans. Um, oh, and, yeah. and also I believe that like, especially back in the seventies and sixties, right. And fifties where they used to see a lot of the spheric, the, the flying saucer Hollywood type things. Right. And they'd have like the cases like, uh, uh, Pataskula and um, where aliens had come out and take people and Travis Walton's case and you know a few others where um, but you don't yeah. hear that so much of that nowadays like the flying saucers the typical flying saucers and the weird robot looking aliens and it's a tech deck now yeah like, no. yeah it seems like they've streamlined their you know either that or the ones that were coming originally back in the day in the previous decades were from other planets or were from elsewhere but the ones that are coming now are either a different race species or they were the original ones that were here originally um, because these things have been reported for thousands of years on Earth. Um, <clears throat> there's a really good book called Wonders in the Sky by Jacques Vallée, and it's a very, fairly new book. And Chris Orbeck, uh, they both co-wrote it. And they go through a lot of sightings throughout history, which could possibly, and were written at the time by people, and they described it at the time, going back thousands of years, in the way that, the only way they could, like a burning shield flying through the sky, like in Roman times or something like this. Uh, there's a case in uh, Germany in the 1500s where right. a man was uh, followed into town, into this German town uh, somewhere near Nuremberg, and um, it was by a red spherical object about the size of a basketball. Now, it followed him over a bridge and the, the the freaky when i read this like a, a the book's only like a year old when i read this it, it was a spitting image of the ufo i saw when i was nine years old and the way that they had he, that was described by the town chronicler right. or, or, or the you know whoever wrote it out at the time um it was seen by tens of dozens of people in the town as well following this man mimicking his movements he'd stop walking it would stop he'd keep walking it would follow him so it was Trailing at roughly the same height as this thing was trailing me when I was nine. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm only going by memory because, you know, when you're young, you don't really height and distance and all that sort of thing. It's like you, you're not 100% on all that sort of stuff because you, you haven't yeah. learned. But, yeah. um, you know, according to how it was written, this thing was not far above his head. It was about the size of a basketball, maybe a little bit bigger. This is the same thing that I saw. It mimicked his movements. Now, that's that's a, a characteristic, like I was speaking about before, that seems to be, uh, especially with the red UFOs, they seem to mimic aircraft. They seem to mimic, you know, um, people. So there's some sort of strange, either playing a game with us or they're, it's really bizarre, but and there's other ones like the orange UFOs that seem to frequent a lot of country areas um, and are responsible for a lot of cattle mutilations. Then you've got the, your white UFOs, your white spherical objects, which seem to fly much higher in the sky and zip around and do all sorts of things. And I've got footage of these white ones, bigger white balls, um, actually expelling smaller white balls out of them. And then other bits of footage of the big white balls cruising across the sky, sucking in smaller white balls into them. Balls that were appearing out of nowhere, you know? Do you think there's a, like drones or reconnaissance, reconnaissance technology that they're using? 
Yeah, like we're using we're using human terms to describe something. Yeah, but like in that kind of sense, yeah, it could cost, possibly quite be something that's either. I, at one stage, I thought it was something that they might be like cleaning up our environment or something they might be doing because it seems like they're alive. These things, by the way, they act and move yeah. and. They seem alive, like it's a creature of some type. It's really bizarre, and um, and consciousness. Yeah, 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 exactly. They seem to be conscious. Yeah, exactly. And there's a really good bit of footage from Hestelin Valley, um, from Erling Strand over in um Hestelin, and it's of a uh, you now I had the camera set up 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week, and it's uh infrared footage. It's near dusk, and you see this um like a a white, not a spherical light, but like almost spherical, but it's like a pretty much like the larger ones that I've filmed up in the sky. It's just cruising across slowly just in front of the camera. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, a smaller ball of light appears out of nowhere and flies into the bigger ball of light. And now I've got this on film as well on, I think, three different films, but with multiple balls flying into this large ball or larger – it's almost – look – if we go back to the plasma thing before, they do look like a plasma kind of thing because they, they tend to move and fluctuate and pulsate almost and that kind of thing. Um, and But they seem alive. They seem like a, almost like a, not a jellyfish, but uh, it's, 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 they're fascinating. You know, um, I'll be putting the video up soon on my YouTube channel so people can see it um, and also releasing um, a couple fairly new ones as well um, of that type, uh, crystal clear ones too in 4K of these balls flying into larger balls, you know, and or being expelled from these larger balls, you know. And I've got footage of yellow balls speeding across the sky as well and an opening opening in the, the side of it, like a, like a triangular opening opening up inside this yellow ball and then it releasing these white things out of it. And it's like, what what are they doing? What are they then it's not your typical UFO. It's something alive. It's something different. But in every sense and every yeah. in the terminology itself, it is a UFO, unidentified flying object, or or I like the term as well, UAP. You know, because it is a phenomenon that we don't know. It's unexplained aerial phenomenon, and I'm. Um, think that term's more apt as well because it takes away from the whole Hollywood flying saucer ridicule kind of thing that is associated with the word UFO, you know, aliens and yeah, all that sort yeah. of stuff, you know. Yeah. And nineteen sixties, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and that that was used um quite well to sort of rubbish people and keep the subject quiet was didn't it yeah yeah, yeah. didn't like, they do such a good job bravo bravo yeah CIA. good on you guys yeah. yeah thanks for that you know yeah. you made so many people's lives miserable for their whole life you know and ruined it, ruined families uh, it, yeah. it does man it does completely yeah. you know like it's cost me family members it's cost me friends myself like it's cost you your health uh, that too your as health well now yeah like um that, so it, it's kind of yeah like it, it makes you think is it all worth it like looking into it this deep like look for years now i've peered into the abyss and it's peered back into me um as the old saying goes right and um you know, and I feel like, but the way it's peered back at to me, it's not in a nice way. I looked at yeah. it in a pleasant way, hoping that it was going to be a certain way, but it turns out that it's not. It's something else that's quite mysterious, different, almost trickster-like, yeah. and and almost quite scary um, sometimes as well. Um, what these? Well, that's funny do. that you. That's funny that you say that. There's a there was a red orb 
in the seventies in Manitoba, and they called it the Trickster. Okay. Uh, because it kept appearing, yeah. and it it felt like it was conscious and it was tricking people, yeah. and they called it the yeah. Trickster. Yeah. So that's, that's funny that you say yeah. that. Yeah. So with uh, this whole five E thing, I mean, Doctor Greer has sort of gone off on this trying to make contact. Oh, CE5, yeah. Oh, CE5, right? Um, (laughs) And the thing is, I don't know if we can, first of all. I don't know if collectively, even if we all meditated, if we could even bring anything about. And and listen, yeah, you're right. And why would they, like, be sitting up there waiting for us to go out in a bunch and go, oh, the humans are here. We can now show ourselves to them for five seconds. Right. No, they're there anyway. And the fact it's just the fact that people are going outside and they're spending it's, time outside, they've got more chance of seeing it than sitting behind their television set on a Saturday night, you know? Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Thank that's you. That's pretty yeah. much it, man. And um, look, because I, I was asked that question early this morning by a full-on believer and in, um, in, in the whole CE5 thing. And look, I've had, I've hosted seven CE5s myself, or I've had UFO groups host them with me and they, they, invite me along and because they call me the ufo magnet or portal whatever you want to call it like or you know all these kind of words i I hate but um and so but it's kind of true but you hate yeah 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 well it's like every conference i go to i get like this thing with my my picture and damien not ufo magnet i'm like no not again stop it no and i'm like all right whatever i'll just deal with it now so it's all good i've been called worse so you know like but um but yeah, the, 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 this, these things, um, another part of the high strangeness of them too, just a bit of while I've still got that fresh in my mind, um, we see a lot of the UFOs, especially when we're heading to UFO talks or heading back from UFO talks either. And also um, on my birthdays, literally 20 minutes before midnight, before it turns into my birthday or 20 minutes after midnight. And that's happened seven times in the past nine years, seven times. And I've had witnesses to uh, eight of those nine, oh, sorry, seven of those eight events hmm. in the last nine years. So someone's been with me at midnight on my birthday or just before my birthday. Um, one, one was a famous sighting that MUFON reported and I didn't even find out about it until years later, maybe three years ago. And it was quite a number of years ago. And I think I was 21 or something. I was just turning 21. I, my, my mom was really ill. So I went out to go see my mother um, on my birthday, right? I thought, oh, what, a, what a loser. <laughs> well, you should be hanging with your friends. But I went out to see my mom. She was unwell and um, I wanted to spend some time with her, right? So I've gone out the back and uh, just sort of looked up and as soon as i've looked up i've seen this light right above my head so low and it was like a a football with um more rounded edges not like an american football but had more rounded edges to it like an oval kind of shape um oval spherical kind of thing and it was orange except inside it you could see inside it and it had red plasma kind of in constant flux moving around inside this orange ball and I'm watching it for about three or four seconds going, oh, my God. And I had a cigarette that I just lit up. It's fallen out of my yeah. mouth because I'm like my mouth's like hanging down to my knees almost, my jaw. And, um, and I'm just like watching. And then it just starts moving slowly off and goes over the back fence and disappears. And I, I just watch it for a few seconds and I saw it uh, stop again, like off in the distance. It seemed to stop, but I couldn't really tell because it was heading away from me. Um, but it seemed to stop because it didn't get smaller for, for about a few seconds. And then 
uh, it was about maybe two years ago, I was on the internet, just randomly come across um, some sightings in Australia because um, I, I was researching a sighting that someone, a pilot had spoken to me about. And so, and a MUFON, because it happened in Quakers Hill, right? And um, MUFON had apparently had been reported to them and about seven to nine people on that same night observed the same UFO, exactly the same details as what I saw, an orange football kind of shape thing with a red plasmary kind of thing in constant flux, constant motion inside of it. Um, seven to nine people had witnessed it on that night. So when you when you see things like that years later, kind of give, not kind of, but it does give you more validation. It gives you more, you know, credence to you know you already know what you saw. You know, you, if you see a UFO, you, it's, there's nothing to yeah. it. You can't go, oh, I'm crazy and that's it. I'm locking myself away. You know what you saw, right? Unless you're on some high psychedelics and you're just tripping off, tripping off your balls, right? Um, and you're seeing like it's just anything. But you know because it sticks with you, sightings, right? And um, they do. Even ones you have when you're young, you remember every single little detail. It's like burned into your memory, you know? And, um, well, in your in your case, Damien, I mean, you're nine years old when reality shifted for you, right? Change. I mean, yeah. what 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 you've been taught, you found out at nine years old. Oh, that's not true. Yeah. Most people, that doesn't happen until they're like in their forties. So for them, mm-hmm. it's world shattering because now it's like it's a major fracture. They build their entire life based, based around on- this premise. Yeah, that's right. And thinking that life's a certain way. Oh, that's why I feel like I've been lucky um, in this whole thing in a way because I've 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 seen people who've seen one UFO in their thirties and they they start they, they get this ego they start to think they're really special and it was all there for them and yeah. and I'm like Jesus now and all this sort of stuff and here I am like I've seen I've seen literally hundreds during my life and photographed and filmed hundreds and seen them with nearly two hundred witnesses now including police officers pilots you name it a judge. All sorts of people have witnessed it with me, bank managers. The amount of footage you got alone makes would probably make you one of the top UFO photographers well, in the world. I don't like to, because the amount of footage you I got don't is like crazy. To think that, so I'm I'm a kind of modest guy. I actually rubbish my own footage, and I've actually um spent literally about two and a half thousand hours over the past near decade going out there and trying to because I didn't know much about photography when I first started. So every now and then, like when I first picked up a camera, you know trying to do the right thing and film a ufo right every now and then you zoom right in yeah or yeah or you you take like a random few photos of the sky right every now and then and also and in one of the photos you get something weird come through and it right and you're thinking oh wow that looks like a disc or it looks like this or it's like a shiny bit on top and wow it's metal or whatever but it turns out that most of these things that are people are picking up and showing on ufo groups in facebook and that are actually insects so i i trained myself on 58 different cameras over the over that two and a half thousand hour period right over the last decade nearly and i trained myself on 58 different types of cameras ranging from you know cheap little big w kmart camera you know fifty dollars up into two thousand two and a half thousand dollar cameras you know um and, and even higher i'm trying to teach myself and i put myself out in positions where i'd go under trees and, and photograph insects on purpose to show people what they look like and I, I had a section on my website called misidentifications and it was more for myself but it was also for the ufo community to teach people to show them look this is what these things look like 
um, you know, and, 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 and birds, um, lens flares, all sorts of misidentifications people mistake, even unusual clouds, uh, weather phenomenon. Um, so I'd put myself in all these positions in different areas for hours and hours on end trying to photograph the you know even little green flies you know and stuff like that that actually metallic green flies look like ufos when they it's really bizarre you know and they look like they're far away and metallic and little dome on top that's glistening where it's actually a white wing with the sunlight refracting through it you know so a lot it, it, it and reflecting off the actual skin of the fly as well the the the, the green metallic part, you know, and so there's like things like that and like a lot of lens flares mistaken as UFOs. A lot of people tend to yeah. take pictures directly at the sun for some reason and then wonder why there's like a little ball over <laughs> here or, or there's like a strange yeah. little, you know, shaped UFO kind of thing. Or just like even a spotlight, yeah. right? Like yeah. when there's like a, a yeah. lantern or something <laughs> and there's that, you could clearly tell it's a lens flare. They're like, no. Yeah, yeah. It was to talking me. to me and it was telling me it was from the Pleiades sure. and that they're going to save humanity and stuff. You know, I, I know I've heard all that, man. It's just terrible. You know, you're like, oh my God, not again. See, the thing is, right? It, an alien, unless it's trying to trick us, it wouldn't tell humans that it's a Venusian or it's from the Pleiades star system. Like all these people seem to claim the aliens are telling them where they're from because they're no. human terms for where they're from and who they are. That They don't call themselves the Venusians. So why are they telling humans, oh, we're the Venusians? You know, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah. So it, unless they're trying to trick us or make us believe that, yeah. you know, or, or, or tickle our, our our fantasy into making us think that, oh, we're right about everything. And, oh, yeah, they are Venusians or they are from Mars or whatever the case is. And like they, they used to tell people that they're from Mars, right? And then it was Venus. And then it, it went further out, Alpha Centauri. And then it was, you know, then the next place. And so the more that we found out in the universe that's where they came you know so throughout history man <laughs> yeah you know? so yeah it's changed as as it, as our view it expanded, of the universe yeah. expanded it kept getting that's, further that's and right, further man. yeah and exactly. so they, people at the time would jump on that and go oh yeah, yeah they told me they're from here and a lot of it unfortunately um and uh, it was really disheartening for me when i came into this uh field went public because i thought you know Oh, finally, I can come out about it. I don't have to hide myself to everybody, you know, and all this sort of stuff. I can finally meet my real kind of friends and real family and people who won't turn against me because, you know, I've seen a UFO because they have two or whatever. And it turns out that um, there's just people who use you to get into the field. There's people who hang around you just to see a UFO. There's uh, and then just ditch you, and then and there's people who will want to like make documentaries on you just to get themselves into the field, and then yeah. like shit all over you. Um, yeah, there's all there's so many different characters in this field, man. Um, <laughs> so I'm interested in that. Like for a person like yourself, you went through all this. Um, that's a learning curve because it's not only dealing with the UFOs. Now you're dealing with shitty people that happen to be in. Astonishment sucked, in and of man. itself, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sucked because I've always been an honest, pretty open person with a bit of integrity. I've tried to be, you know, in person, especially in in ufology. So, because I don't want to be remembered. I remember when I was a kid reading books, right, and skeptics would say, "Oh," and I'd read a great case, but then at the end of the case in the in the book, the a skeptic would come on and say, "Oh, this person did a round of talks and made money, so therefore they were doing it for money." And their story and everything yeah. there gets brushed off for history and. You they're fakers or whatever. I didn't want to be that person. So I've actively turned down work. I've turned down money 
for the last decade. Like I've even turned down money for traveling 500 kilometers to do talks for four hours, like a hundred dollars doesn't even cover the petrol, you know, let alone getting there and getting back or the accommodation or the food, you know, I've turned that down um, and people end up shoving in my pocket or whatever, but you know, the UFO groups, it's like a, and, but whereas you've got other people who make exuberant claims who come from like, you know, overseas or whatever, and who claim to have all this alien contact and have special powers and all this sort of stuff themselves. And they can see invisible aliens. And I've met them all, man. I've had them stay at my place and, you know, and, and I've had fallings out with them because you find out, you know, they say you got to live with someone to find out what they're really like. Well, yeah, you know, I've lived yeah. with some of these people like, you know, only for like, while well, I were down here doing talks and stuff and, you know, staying with me and my partner or whatever. And, and we'd find out that they're either full of, you know, beans, right? Hot beans, um, full of shit. <laughs> Sorry, but um, oh, you can go ahead and say that on this podcast. I can. Oh, cool, cool. I'm gonna swear my head off from now on. Then, sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah, you, you, it's really disheartening because you know I found out that most people are either full of it. Most people are are either in it for themselves. They don't really care. See, a lot of people haven't had the experience of seeing it from when they were young and actually have it affect their lives in that way. You know, it's made me a really modest kind of guy. You know, like I'm not and also I'm not up myself I'm not you know I'm not a prick or anything like that or at least I hope I'm not I, I've got a bit of a, a twisted sense of humor right but you've got to have a twisted sense of humor in this field man because otherwise you'll just go completely nuts in life in general right you've got to have some sort of humor but man in this field especially yeah. I tell you like it so like I had at one stage I had to leave for a while because like I, I just was that sickened by certain individuals that I, I grew up believing were the real deal and then finding out in person after having them stay with me or meet oh, really? spending time with them that they're completely right. different people behind the scenes than what they show themselves to the public and that they're also making up stuff. They've got special powers that they don't tell the public about, but they'll tell you to make you right. think they're special, more special. And, you know, there, there's this one that goes around that, and I had three special people in Australia tell me this, that um, right. that I have you aliens in a row behind me that stand behind me at all times, right? And they're like aliens from the different galactic species or something like that. And and a couple of these people, like uh, actually all three of them are very, very well known in the new age UFO field in the around the world, in America and two here in Australia. And one's like a hypnotherapist who's really, really well known. And, um, and yeah, and, and, and they claim to um, be able to look at a mobile phone at, at, a, at a UFO video or a photo on someone's mobile, wave their hand over it and to determine whether it's a real UFO and get an energy from it. And, oh, you know, and I'm like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? And there was this. Oh, oh, God, so much porn. So much porn. Yeah, too, too much porn. Oh, yeah, it's, it's making me vibrate. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. man. I, was, I can't get a reading. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's blocking me. It's blocking me. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, like I, I, I've. I've, I've seen things and like people I've grown up reading their books and then met them in person, had dinner with them, sat opposite them and then have them try and impress me with like all these fake special powers. And I'll tell you just this one story quickly um, of this. I won't mention the individual's name, but she's really well known in the world of ufology. And um, I met her for the first time and 
at a leagues club and we had dinner and she was giving a presentation straight after, you know, this dinner we were going to have. And um, so this dinner was organized for her and I. So I had Melissa with me um, uh, and um, was sitting across from from this lady. And um, she then said, oh, Damien. Um, and she rolled up her sleeves and I'm like, oh, no, what's going on here? And she's like looking over my shoulder and I'm like oh, I, I know what she's going to say here because someone else had already previously said it like a couple of weeks earlier and she's like Damien you're not going to believe what you've got behind you and I'm like uh is it a role of aliens oh yes oh my god and like, oh, no no and I just went oh okay and that was the first strike I was like all oh, right because it's not like they're not telling you um what the aliens are doing or saying or anything in particular special, what it is, it's a psychological technique that they use on certain individuals in the field to make them, to make themselves feel special because they can see the aliens. You can't see them. They can see them, but they're trying to make you feel like you're a little bit special because you've got the aliens behind you, but they're more special because they can see them, but you can't. Yeah. It's a psychological technique. And I've known three of them, that are all connected as friends have all used the same technique on me and said exactly the same thing. And, you know, um, and so I was like, you know, when I heard that and then five minutes later, this same lady has like, Oh, show me, um, can you show me on your mobile a UFO photo or video, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell if it's real or anything. I'm like, well, I know that they're real, but I, I was telling you about the misidentifications I had on my website. Right. Um, I had some of them on my mobile phone too, like as a backup on the memory card and, but they were unlabeled. So I had them labeled on the, yeah, as misidentifications like fly, insect, or mosquito, this or that on the website or dust right. particle or orb or whatever, you know, or moisture. Yeah. Anyway, so I've, I've grabbed one of them, which was an insect. And I've showed it to her and I've put it in front of her and she's done this thing, like she's waved a hand over it and she started vibrating in her body and doing this strange little act. It was a full-on act. I could see through it. Melissa could see through it. We were just like almost shaking our heads, just going, what's going on here? We're in the twilight zone. Then the next second, she's gone, oh, yes, oh, my God, that is real. That's from the Acturians or something. And I'm like, oh, really? I didn't tell her it was an insect. Yeah. They're trying to tell me it's an Acturian spaceship and she could a charlatan. feel it. Yeah. Complete and utter charlatan, you know. And so, yeah, I've, I've gone this person over the years a few times. I've jumped into the lines then on her Facebook page with, um, you know, some of my followers. And because she's actively attacked people who uh, film and photograph UFOs, saying that nothing will ever come from it. So, i.e., everything will come from her hypnosis. And so... I don't like being attacked, right? And and because there's a lot of people out there like me who are trying to get evidence of this thing and we're spending a lot of money, time, our lives trying to get some evidence, you know, to, to prove to ourselves, to prove to others that we're not crazy or whatever. Here comes this lady who's a charlatan completely getting up on stage, rubbishing us and saying that nothing will ever come from it. And it's true. It's possibly in a way, maybe nothing will, but the same, wouldn't you rather have a photo or a video or just a story of what you saw? I'd rather a photo or video myself, right? So you can always show it. So you don't seem as crazy as the story guy, you know, who's got all these stories. So, but the thing is, you know, um, in the court of law, right, a video can put someone in jail, someone murdering someone can put them in jail for life, right? If you, if, a judge sees that video, yeah. right? They're gone instantly. But in the court of ufology, 
doesn't really do much at all. It, it's just um, it's just another UFO video. And unfortunately, nowadays we're we're stuck in the the era of the fakery internet stuff. And unfortunately, you don't. Some people don't know what's real nowadays, or what is or what's not. Yeah. I've had, yeah. Or yeah, even sometimes it's really convincing too. Like I've been caught yeah, several times. Yeah, exactly. Oh, look at this! Oh, it turns out to be fake. Yeah, fake. and that that puts a nail in the coffin. Um, because when that's put out there and it's like everyone's talking about it and it's like, Oh my God, that's so impressive. Then all of a sudden, Oh no, no, it's fake. A couple of weeks later, there's another nail in the coffin for the, you know, people, the general public who'd not necessarily believers, but who hear that story and go, Oh, it's fake. Okay. Well, the whole thing's fake. You know, and they keep hearing that. So that of course they're going to think it's all fake. So yeah, it, it's been hard to try and get it out there, but over the years, I've had several skeptics ask me for my footage to try and debunk it, right? So I've like, yeah, please debunk away. So I've sent them my footage, but I said, do me a favor, right? Whatever you find out, please contact me back and let me know. Now, I had about, I think, two or three out of the seven um, contact me and say, um, yeah, like they actually had the guts to contact me and say, yeah, man, well, it's real, whatever it is. Um, it seems to be something that's there. It's not put in after the fact. It's something that's in all the pixels are right. Everything's perfect with the photo and all the, the video. Um, and so, but then the rest of them, they're like dishonest skeptics because they that would go fly in the face of everything they believe in or everything that they wanted to debunk. They can't tell me that, oh, yeah, it's real, but that would just blow their minds like they can't do that so I, I was on tv with the australian skeptics association president years ago on a program current affairs program called today tonight here on channel seven in australia and um you know and we sort of went went at it <laughs> you know it was, and he was trying to debunk my footage and he was and he and and all he could really say came across very silly and it was very it was a terrible thing for the skeptics um because they couldn't explain away my footage the best thing they could say was oh, oh that's a tourist the star oh no 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 it's polaris the star or something and that was just for one bit of footage you know and then another bit of footage they said it was like of a ufo coming in then speeding off at high speeds um like just the drop of a hat after nearly stopping. And then all he could say was, oh, that was fast. And that's his way of debunking it. Oh, that was fast. <laughs> He's right. That was fast. Let's move forward. You know, and that was it. And that's all he could say. Yeah, yeah the judge goes, oh, it's it. you're innocent then. <laughs> yeah.